I'm Joe. No, <laughs> I'm not Joe. <laughs> Do another gin. I'm Alyssa Alwick. <laughs> I'm Joe Lindley. <laughs> And with children's books, it books. <laughs> I'm Melissa Elwick. And I'm Joe Lindley. And we're children's book illustrators. And sometimes authors. And we meet for chats. And coffee. And wine. And gin. <laughs> <laughs> and we thought we'd record it. Because why not? Before we start, we just wanted to say we noticed that there's a little bit of uh, odd noises going on. There's some banging throughout the episode. We're just figuring it all out, so it won't happen for episode four. Um, Sorry about that. Okay, so off the back of last week's episode, scary episode, I have a bit of an embarrassing revelation. Okay. Okay, so we were talking about how scary arachnophobia was. Yeah. And so afterwards I was like, oh, I just want to remind myself what arachnophobia was like. And I was like watching the trailer for it. And at the end they like describe it as called a thrillomedy. I've never, I've literally never heard of that right. name. <laughs> and the tagline is eight legs, two fangs and an attitude. Oh my <laughs> That's God. Just like, I found that film terrifying and i watched the trailer i was like clearly it's kind of a comedy but oh, i didn't I realize watch the trailer I, I kind of had this sort of fear that like people would be listening to last week's episode and going um sorry what <laughs> a probably, scary film what are you talking about yeah they so, probably are and yeah. that that's like the beginning of the episode too isn't it, oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> well there you go we are children's pick illustrators maybe oh. everyone thinks we're all wimps I watched a really good film on Friday night. What do you watch? And on Saturday night. Same one? Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's one that you, I'm sure you've seen it. I never watched it when I was younger. I don't know why. Um, My Girl. Oh, of course I watched yeah. it. Yeah. I don't know why I'd never watched it. Or if I had, I'd completely forgotten it. How much did you cry? So much. Yeah. I love it. I yeah. absolutely love it. The, like the beginning... Up until about maybe like halfway through, I just thought, perfect. Like, mm. not necessarily as a film, but as a portrayal of a child um, going through some stuff, dealing yeah. with some stuff. Um, and, you know, the little vignettes of childhood of her and her friend and the kind of the complicated bits that she doesn't quite understand mm-hmm. or uh, are difficult for her to to deal with. I just thought it did it so well, and the, just the pacing of you've got you know like them riding their bikes and um, just doing some childish games and stuff like that, and then you've suddenly got these like deeper, more emotional scenes. I just absolutely loved it. Aww. Yeah. Oh, now I need to see it again because things are. I do remember bits of it, but I think I remember more of the harrowing scenes mm. rather than the the beauty of the early part. Yeah, and that's the thing that that's what I remembered. And of course, like even if I'd not seen it, I would still know what happens at the end. And I equally, I thought that was kind of what the entire film was going to be about. Oh, really? I th- yeah, I thought that might have happened earlier on, and it was kind of mm. how she dealt with that and what happened. Um, but no, it, it, I just love it. <laughs> and I'm going to buy the book and I'm going to read the book oh nice yeah you know the bit where he 
uh, obviously. I don't. Am I giving away spoilers to say what happened to him? Do you think it's really Maybe don't old, say anything. It's a really yeah, old but film. don't because I said to Philip Ardis today. I was from a, like a children's book perspective and a child character because oh my god, Vida, the female character, the little girl, one of my top favorite female characters ever. Now loved her, mm-hmm. and I was trying to explain it to him, and I. I told him the ending because I just thought everybody knows, it's even if you've not seen the film. Yeah. You know, it's like telling someone the Titanic sinks, exactly, and they be like, "Oh, don't spoil it for me." Yeah, and now he won't watch it because I spoiled <laughs> the ending. <laughs> what do you listen to while you're working? I listen to a lot of podcasts. So particularly BudPod and um, when it was big, I would listen to a lot of, um, my dad wrote, wrote a porno. Anything that's going to make me chuckle while I'm mm-hmm. listening to it, I enjoy. Uh, the Adam Buxton podcast. Oh, I love that one. I also listen to TV programs. So I, t- I get rid of the visuals and I just listen to the TV programs. Mm-hmm. Anything that I've listened to over and over again. So I often have like Blackadder or... Oh, I love Blackadder. They're brilliant. It just gets better, I feel like. And... Um, Ghosts. Love that. I know. I don't think I I can't work while watching that though. Sometimes what I do is I'm like, oh, I just need to see this bit. I bring it back up and just watch it for a few minutes and then put it back down. I didn't think to do that because when I used to work more non-digitally, I used to be able to use my iPad or my laptop to watch stuff Mm -hmm. on. And I, yeah, I used to do that all the time, have stuff on in the background. Now I struggle and it's almost like a treat to have something on that you know visuals yeah. on in the background they get a bit distracted but i didn't really think to just like you can just minimize slide it. the screen off yeah and the audio carries on mm. but the one i think i listen to absolutely the most is the thick of it did you ever listen no watch you've that? said that before and i i've never seen it it's so good and it the the thing is though it's there's so many things in it that um the writer invented that a politician did or said Mm. and then years later it happens oh god i mean <laughs> it's, it's a awful. little bit like in black mirror and the pig's head isn't it what do you listen to when you work um normally just true crime podcasts oh yeah i used to listen to a lot of radio 4 extra like all the old comedy shows like, yeah um spike milligan and um uh, what's the one steptoe and son oh my god <laughs> like the really old ones yeah i quite like them okay um but yeah mostly i just listen to podcasts now mm-hmm. um my favorite murder um criminal mm-hmm. um i'm trying to think off the top of my head now mine's gone blank it's hard isn't it when you're trying to be on the spot yeah like one of them i know like an episode comes out on a monday an episode comes out on a thursday mm-hmm. shag married and always comes out on a friday <laughs> criminal comes out on a friday like you know when you sort of you kind of set what day of the week it is but like right what can i listen to today and you can yeah. look forward to it um yeah i struggle to actually watch stuff anymore um i'd love to get a big screen in my studio that you can just have like old disney films on or you know mm-hmm. the, the stuff that like you were saying you've seen so many times that you don't really need to pay attention yeah um one of the ones i like to watch sometimes if i'm having like working from the sofa day which is very rare but sometimes it's just nice to like take your ipad down and mm-hmm. have a bit more of a relaxed day um gilmore girls gilmore I girls love the gilmore okay girls. Have you seen it? No, I've not oh, seen it. Oh, I love it. I had a flatmate that watched it, and I think I probably did sit in and watch on a few. Do you know how there's some shows where there's like, you've just got like a good mixture of characters, and it's a really good balance, and you've got like the really grumpy ones and the really funny ones, and it's like this town, and you've got like a real good mixture. 
I think that's maybe why I like the thick of it as well, though, because mm. you've got the different um, personalities. Yeah, something for everyone. Sitting against each other, yeah. Do you know what I listened to the other week? I listened to Tiger. Have you seen Tiger written with a Y? No. By SF Said. It's amazing. And it's kind of set in... It's a children's book. Mm. And it's set in an alternative future of Britain, as if we were still a colonising nation. And the... I guess almost a ghetto is created for anybody that wasn't of British descent and they have to go through blockades to get to other parts oh and it's really harrowing in that respect and then there's this um, tiger that appears mm. and it's a talking tiger and the main character befriends the tiger and he has to help her and it's so moving and it's really beautifully written mm. and read so I listened to that yeah. audiobook I'd recommend it maybe I'll listen to that I can imagine something like that being a really good one to read as a class like you know as a class yeah and a, having lots of points of discussion definitely mm. yeah it's it's just oozing with empathy it's that's its core really oh, I'll listen to that then mm. It's time for a quickfire round. Okay, you ready? Yep. First question. What's one thing you you want to do this month for your creativity? Um, Oh, I know what I'm going to do this month Mm -hmm. is go on a Rhizo printing course. Oh, yeah. And I don't know how to do it. And (laughs) I'm looking forward to going on the workshop. So you have to prepare something and take it with you and... They'll help you learn how to print it. I love a rice graph print. What are you going to do this month? I am trying to write 500 words a day of this fiction book that I'm trying to write oh. because I want to get a finished draft done for mid-March. Okay. Um, mm, very so good. Yeah. <laughs> Say the first character you think of. Right now. Right now. Dory. Dory. Yeah. That's a good one. From Finding Nemo. For anyone who doesn't know who Dory is. Yeah. Shame on you if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I was um I was at the hospital with my daughter a couple of weeks ago. It was all fine. Um she had a strep A. But in the waiting room of the children's like assessment bit, they had loads of Disney characters painted and you know when you see that like on an ice cream van or or in hospitals and stuff, they have shoddy Disney characters yeah. painted Nemo was yellow <laughs> and like myself my daughter he wasn't feeling very well but I was also like that's really annoyed me <laughs> was, was he sun bleached I don't know I don't know just yellow just like hiding in the reeds just the yellow Nemo <laughs> that makes me think of another thing I listen to when I work it's um there's a comedian who does radio comedies and so I often listen often listen to his radio comedy called Cabin Pressure mm. but he also has a sketch show as well and uh, he did this this whole bit where he's like, "Oh, what? So what do you do? Oh, I'm I paint Disney characters on the side of ice cream vans." Oh. <laughs> he goes, "Like, all right. So so tell us about that." He goes, "The trick is to just get it very slightly wrong <laughs> <laughs> and enrage everybody, yeah. and to use a black that fades faster than all the other <laughs> colours, <laughs> so they just have white eyes." <laughs> Oh my god, yes. Oh, it's so annoying. There's nothing... Well, there is more things that are annoying. No, no, no. There's nothing worse. (laughs) Oh. 
Make a plan or go with the flow? Hmm. I am quite an organiser and a planner, mm -hmm. but also a bit chaotic. So I don't really know. Yeah. I think make a plan make and a plan. then just, you know, go with the flow when it all goes to shit. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? I'm a planner. Yeah. Big old planner. Um, I like to prepare for each eventuality <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. It never goes to plan, but I need a plan. So how was your week? Good. It's been a weird one this week. Um, quite different to normal. I went up to London on Tuesday mm -hmm. um, for my agent showcase. Oh yeah. Yeah. How was that? Yeah, it was really good. Really, really fun. Um, saw lots of old um, familiar faces that I love seeing. Met some new people, made some new friends. Um, yeah, really good. It's oh, like, amazing. yeah, like, because we all get there early to set up and you look around and it's like all the kids at school who loved drawing mm -hmm. and you're just all there as grown-ups in one room and it's so nice. You found your tribe. Yeah, and like everyone in children's publishing, well, I mean, every, everyone that I've come across so far, people do tend to say that like, everyone's just really nice yeah. and there's no kind of big egos generally and everyone's just like wants to have a nice time and mm. be friendly and yeah it's, it's really good i think you would be in the wrong profession if you were cutthroat though because yeah like, <laughs> it's really not the atmosphere no yeah. and everyone's yeah everyone's doing it because they love drawing and oh, it, it was just really good and um i wish there was another one this week <laughs> wow so it's gone from a while ago something you were really scared of yeah. doing to something you want to do a second week in a row it was just so nice to see everyone oh. what did you what did you put out for it I did. So I had my portfolio on an iPad, mm -hmm. um, and I limited it to about ten images. Cause that's then, good. People have yeah. people got to see so many things. You exactly. don't want to overburden them. And it's quite hard sometimes to like whittle it down. But I was just quite cutthroat and was like, mm -hmm. no, just put these there. And then I had like a standee of a new character that I'd made, um, which always works quite well. I think if it's like bright, vivid, you can kind of see it across the room. So yeah. hopefully that went down well. I'd made a mock um, picture book cover. And a kind of somewhat of a back cover. Yeah. And inside there was just like some character designs. Um, so yeah, there was that. Did you see people perusing? I did actually. Oh. Yeah. Cool. I did. And at one point I was there and me and another illustrator and we're just like standing <laughs> against the wall. Just like, um, I know we're meant to go and approach the people looking at our work, but <laughs> let's just stay here. <laughs> I think in those situations, nobody notices the weird oddballs in the corner because everyone's yeah. kind of like that, so it's fine. Did you see Chloe Douglas? Yes, love oh, her. Isn't she amazing? Love her. She's the one I was running for the tube with oh, the last tube. She, I feel like she's a bit of a like a bit of a cheeky one. She's a terrible influence, yeah. Chloe, if you're listening. And I said this to her, like, you th she comes across as like, you know, she's not going to be the last one getting a tube. She comes across like more sensible, and then she's kind of like, oh, just stay for another one. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely love her. Yeah. That's great. And uh, I saw from online that Keith Robinson was there as yeah, well. Yeah, he was Didn't realise he was with your agent. Yeah. It was funny because um, at the HarperCollins party a couple of years ago, mm. um, I had written something on Twitter because I didn't really know many people at that point. And so I'd written something on Twitter going, and I had pink hair, so I'd written, if you see 
a lonely pink haired lady in the corner come, please come oh, and talk to me <laughs> that's a good idea to do that though if you're nervous yeah and then the author Gareth P. Jones oh yeah he wrote a musical for it like a mini musical because he does this thing called scroll the musical on I've Twitter. seen like his musical videos that like, he goes into schools and does a lot of that so stuff, funny and he's he? got his little puppets mm. and he wrote a whole song about the lonely pink haired oh, lady yes. and I was really enjoyed it but I also was like oh god I don't really want that to be my defining characteristic no, lonely it's funny. pink haired lady <laughs> Um, and that felt really good because I was able to meet up with Gareth and a couple mm. of others as well. Like my, the author of the series I work on, the Interdimensional Explorers series, which is a middle grade fiction series. And she happened to be friends with him already. And so like a few of us met up. And then so I was hanging out with them. And then Keith Robinson mm. comes over and we just had this mutual fan club going on. Where, and he was like, are you, are you Joe? I was like, yeah, yeah. Are you Keith? He said, yeah. We both got really, really excited. I love your work. Oh, my God, I love oh, your work. Nice. And that's one of the things I just love about this industry is that we're, we're all really nervous. Yeah. But also we're just so supportive of one another. Mm-hmm. We just like want everyone to be boosted and... Yeah. I guess because we all understand as well, like we all have worked so hard, worked so hard. Um, and, you know, it's quite a solitary job. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, so it, it's just nice that everyone supports each other. Yeah. But no, it's, I feel very lucky to work in this industry because everyone is just so nice. And mm-hmm. I think because I'd got rid of my kind of nerves and that kind of imposter syndrome as well of like, oh God, do I deserve to, I don't, am I good enough to be here almost? Yeah. And I know I am. Um and yeah, once you get rid of that, you can just enjoy it and yeah, not worry. One of the illustrators there, um, he was saying how there's a publisher coming tonight and they're hopefully going to bring him good news, like they were going to tell mm-hmm. him if he had a deal or not on that night. <laughs> and me and another illustrator were like, oh my God, like, let us know. Um, you know, find some kind of signal <laughs> for across the room if you hear and it's good news. So he was going to go like, fuck <laughs> And I just appreciated that. How do you stay motivated? Money. Money motivates me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm working on a fiction book at the moment and I'm past the midway point. Mm-hmm. I'm doing final lines now and I've got like a month left. Okay. Um, it's going to be a bit tight, but yeah, it's it's going okay at the moment. I find normally, you know, you've done the roughs, the pencil roughs and you've done the edits for the roughs mm-hmm. and then you get, you know, you get to start on final lines. Um, and sometimes I'll draw all the lines in one go. I'll just like... What, every page? Every single page. I've done that in the past, especially oh, really? before I did the lines digitally. When I used to use a paintbrush and ink, mm-hmm. I would just, you know, write, let's draw all the lines of the entire book and then I will ink it. Um, but yeah, I'm doing it differently this time. I'm doing it chapter by chapter. And so I'm doing, you know, the final lines and then I'm colouring the page as I go. Mm-hmm. And it's quite nice because then you've got it finished and you can add it to, like, the finished pile and yeah. this is how many pages I've got left. But I've found... I mean, I'm not sure which one is my preferred way of doing it because I think they both work really well. Um, but sometimes partway through this point, it's easy to just get a bit like burnt out and motivation kind of disappears a little bit and you've yeah. got to do that final push and sometimes it's hard to keep the momentum up. Yeah. 
how how do you deal with that when you've lost a bit of the motivation i don't deal with it brilliantly i think um i've got to work out on better system because at the moment my thing is just to stay staring at the screen and pushing through mm. and it can be quite slow and laborious and demoralizing because you're not getting done what you need to get done mm. really you just need to go for a walk or <laughs> it's a cliche really but I think it's a cliche for a reason yeah it's a good system yeah I find that if I'm getting to that point and I'm feeling a little bit burnt out I need to take a day off and because previously I've just tried to push through and by the end I look back and I'm like I really wish I took like one or two days off try to kind of find all the things that inspired me in the first place and just you just sort of have to replenish yourself don't you that's a good idea mm. the sort of reigniting the enthusiasm you have yeah. for it by I guess going back over some things yeah so I'll like go to a bookshop go to the cinema mm. um do something that's going to help inspire me you know what are the reasons I do this job in the first place and it's hard to take that time sometimes when you know you're against a deadline like you know you've just got to keep going but sometimes it's it's more helpful to take some time out yeah and then you're going to work quicker in the long run so you're a boss yeah of yourself of myself what company perks do you offer um tea and coffee breaks whenever i need them Mm -hmm. so i mean i don't go mad but if yeah if i'm ready for a break just just make a put the kettle on um go and take my ipad to a coffee shop whenever i feel like i need to um give you a call and ask if you'll meet me there (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so make sure i have a nice mug to have my coffee in yep can't Um, have a shit mug nope um I've just painted I mean I've only painted one wall I'm doing one wall at a time because I've not got much time at the moment I'm quite busy um painted my studio pink Mm -hmm. Um, I'm gonna put nice artwork up on the wall I'm gonna get some nice vintage Disney posters and put some nice books up on the wall um yeah because it's it I'd love to work at Pixar or somewhere like that somewhere that has an amazing workspace that's inspiring to be in but I just work at home mm-hmm. and I think it's important to remember to give yourself a nice working space that is inspiring and that you want to spend time in. Yeah. I mean, I'm lucky that I've got the spare bedroom of our house that is, you know, just dedicated to my workspace. Um, but it was just white walls and it wasn't that inspiring to be in. So, yeah, I'm, this year I'm trying to kind of really make that my dream studio room, you know? Yeah, I did. I made a big push on that last year. I used to work in um, a little room I've got downstairs, um, but it was the darkest, dampest room mm. in the house. And I did resolve the damp, but what I did is I moved the bedroom downstairs and my office upstairs because it's where I spend nearly my entire day. Yeah. And so I needed it to be the nicest room to be in. And I did the same. I painted it colours I wanted mm. and I put some... Um, cupboards up and I painted those bright orange I love your orange cupboards love my orange cupboards too and uh, I've got shelves displaying work I've done which feels really egocentric to do but also at the same time it's like I should be proud of what I've done I've got to put it out there and remind myself of what I've done it looks really it looks really nice and I think um, there's a tendency to kind of yeah put other stuff up in your Mm. workspace that inspires you or 
that you just like and hide your own books away because I've yeah. certainly done that. But actually, it is our workspace and we are a kind of a business and it's, yeah. it's you know, it's a bit like having your logo up on the wall or something. It is a bit, isn't it? It's good. Okay. Yeah, it's good. Also, as much Lotus Biscuits as my waistline will allow. Oh, nice. Or maybe a bit more than my waistline <laughs> will allow. <laughs> Oh, have you, oh, the spread. I love the spread. Still not tried that. Oh, it's so good. Okay. Maybe maybe don't get into that. <laughs> yeah. It's more of an immediate... Scoop fix. it out yeah. with the biscuit. <laughs> At the showcase on Tuesday, um, an art director asked me a question that you would think you get asked all the time. But actually, it threw me slightly. Um, and it was, what's your dream thing to illustrate? Mm. and I I was like oh actually I mean this was the end of the night and we'd been in the pub but I couldn't think and dinosaurs always loved to draw a dinosaur but yeah. other than that I could not think have you got anything in your brain right now What like if you could draw anything what would it be oh my god I don't it's really hard but why is it hard we're illustrators I don't know I guess because there's nothing stopping you doing whatever you want right now. Mm. But if it was like, you know, dream book. Dream book. Mm. Hmm. I think a, a dream book for me to work on would be um, His Dark Materials. Because mm-hmm. I really love it. And I, and I really enjoy reading Philip Pullman's work. And then actually also anything by Neil Gaiman. So I suppose oh, kind Gaiman, of yeah. that genre of work mm-hmm. for me would be an amazing project to work in so a fiction book slightly with older some fantasy yeah interspersed so sort of gives you a chance to do some really the, coming back to the sinister characters again gives mm. you a chance to do some evil things and evil evil things you draw some <laughs> evil things I'm not going to do any evil things <laughs> um, and uh also you've got some animals in them like i really I enjoy drawing people, but I get a lot more enjoyment out of animals. Mm. So, yeah. Did I tell you about the time that I went to the theatre to see Philip Pullman reading from his, I think, was it Grimm's Fairy Tales? Mm. Um, I think it was that book. So he was, it was at the Cambridge Theatre where Matilda is, or was, in London. And, yeah, it was Philip Pullman. I cannot remember who was chairing it. Anyway, Philip Pullman fell over on the way oh no so he had to pull out oh Neil Gaiman stepped in (laughs) and it was on Halloween yeah it was on Halloween and he read from Coraline oh wow I just his voice I just love it like his reading voice and in this theatre in the dark listening to some creepy stuff on Halloween it was just so good I mean obviously I missed Philip Pullman being there but it it was still such a great night. Yeah, he's someone else I really enjoy listening to audiobook-wise because mm. there's something about the tone of voice that I just get really absorbed in yeah. listening to him. I don't know what it is, but it's it's enchanting, isn't it? Mm. There's an almost monotonous tone to it, yet somehow it's still really engaging. Mm. I don't know how he does it. You remind me of um, when I went, I took my eldest niece when she was eight to an event that was going on at the Globe Theatre in London. It was Chris Riddell. So Chris Riddell was talking, but he also had a projector and he was drawing directly on the OHP Mm -hmm. sheets to um, 
illustrate certain things that related to the things he was discussing. Yeah. So he'd be talking about a character that was maybe Roman and who'd be drawing a Roman. And um, I remember looking at it going, I can't work out if this drawing is of a male or a female. And uh, then he labelled it Titus Androgynous. And Aww. I was like, oh, it's really clever. Like, yeah. he just kept on doing stuff like that as he was writing a drawing. I don't know how his brain can do that. It's, it's real multitasking. Talking and drawing. Yeah, yeah. he's incredible. He, um, when he was Children's Laureate, it, it kind of, it really highlighted, because he was doing so many events around drawing, and it really highlighted how prolific he is. It just He's just mm-hmm. constantly drawing, and they're incredible. Yeah. And I'm yeah, all of his drawings on Instagram, he, they look like finished pieces that he spent ages on and he's just done a quick doodle. Yeah, yeah, he's amazing. I've got a proposition for you. Yes, Joe, I'll marry you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is inspired by local branding expert. Mm-hmm. You think you directed me to her like yeah. Liz Mosley yeah and she's have you seen that she's doing the rejection challenge I saw something the other day but I didn't I was like flicking through I didn't actually stop to see what it was so I think she was inspired by someone else based on listening to her podcast so I don't know where this trail starts or ends but anyway so she's Liz is doing a hundred trying to get a hundred rejections okay and she's doing that by applying for things that she wouldn't usually apply for Right. And the point in it is, there's two points, really, I guess. One of them is to get used to people saying no. Yeah. And the other one is kind of surprising yourself about the number of people that will say yes if you just ask, if you just put yourself out there. I can totally see the value in that. That's actually quite a good idea, quite Mm. a good exercise. So she's doing it, she's making pitches or she's um, writing to people, say, can I be on your podcast? Mm -hmm. Or she's entering things just to see if she'll get rejections. And she's been doing these stories on it on Instagram and it's been like, I'm not doing very well. Not because she's not trying because she's being so successful. Oh yeah. She's being, as in she's getting so many yeses out of unexpected yeses, basically. Okay. What Um, kind of things? Um, just pictures to different clients, mainly things like that. I can't remember exactly, but Mm. yeah, pictures to clients. I guess it is a hundred pictures that you would wouldn't have done before yeah so even if you only get one then that's one more than you would have had yeah and the aim is to get the rejections Mm. as well as part of as the other parallel part of the exercise so she's gonna have to oh yeah she's got to be careful though as well because she puts too many things out and gets too many yeses she's going to be overwhelmed well this is what i was thinking because if you're doing it and you get yeses or you have no intention of doing that and then you're wasting people's time. But I guess, yeah, mm. if you're picking things that you would actually do. Yeah. Or uh, as well, picking things that you wouldn't usually do. Because you, you don't think do. you're, maybe mm. you don't think you're worthy. You don't think you've got the experience for, you just go for it. I really like that. I've never really, I've never thought about that before. But actually, it's a way of getting out of your comfort zone as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like doing this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that was so, kind of the point of this, wasn't it, really? Yeah, it is. So I'm not suggesting we do that. Because, I mean, we've got enough on our plate right now. Mm. But it, there was a thing I saw online. Um, you know the, do you know the Orange Beak Studio? Yeah. So they're doing, they've launched a new competition. It's the Shirley Hughes Sketchbook Award. Oh. And it's not something I would, I usually see these award things and go, oh, I'm not going to get that. So I won't enter. I don't, I don't really enter myself into any of them. But I saw this and I sort of was drawn to it. And I looked at the description on the website and it is very clearly just from your sketchbook. So mm-hmm. sketchbooks from um, 
drawing from life mainly i think um and they won't accept finished work it has to be from a sketchbook so it shouldn't be onerous it shouldn't be something that takes up more time Mm. but also it should encourage you to get out not not you personally you (laughs) need to get out more it should encourage like one to get out more and draw from life and um see what comes out of that a bit like the 100 um rejections challenge Mm. just by doing something you might find something unexpected comes out of it yeah so it's not necessarily about entering this in effort to win it it's more that might encourage me to sketch more yeah from life um and the entry deadline is 10th of june so also there's loads of time to do it if you're interested in giving it a go Okay, it's time for everybody's favourite hunt. And I'm not talking about Jeremy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. It's time for library hunts. (laughs) So I gave you the challenge to find a book with imaginary creature or friend. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah. What did you get? This was a tricky one. I couldn't really find a book that had an imaginary friend character in it, like obviously Mm. when I was looking... Like in my mind, I had something that was kind of Puff the Magic Dragon kind of thing, where it's obviously an imaginary mm. friend. Yeah. So that was a tough challenge. It was a tough challenge, but I found one called Ellie's Dragon by Bob Graham. And I think this might be one of my favourite picture books. Oh, wow. It, it was beautiful. So you'd not seen this before? I'd seen the cover, but I'd never read it. And um, you know when you it. pick a book up and you start reading and you just fall in love with it? Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to read you some Oh, do. Pages. I want to hear it's it. incredible. When Ellie was quite young, she found a newborn dragon. With its eyes not yet open, it crawled across an egg box. She called him Scratch. Beautiful kind of inky watercolour illustrations, very simple. Mm. Ellie grew a little and went to nursery. Ali saw him. He's sweet, he said. Angie saw him too. He's gorgeous, she said. But the teacher saw nothing. I know, this is where it hooked me. Ellie grew some more. She turned five and she started school. She was so excited that she forgot to take Scratch along. Two years later, on Ellie's 10th birthday, Angie, Luke and Ali came for a sleepover. But things were changing for Ellie and Scratch. It's heartbreaking. (laughs) Ellie still loved her dragon, but Scratch had way outgrown the doll's house. So had she. Then Ellie was 11. And Scratch began to fade. That's the bit I cried out. (laughs) On her 13th birthday, Scratch's breath barely melted the icing on the cake. He didn't even eat the candles. And then he slipped quietly away in the night. Occasionally, Ellie thought to look for him and almost saw the flick of a tail from the corner of her eye. She thought she smelt smoke or heard a low, fiery furnace over the fence. But Scratch had not gone. Little Sam found him wandering down the high street. A fully grown, house-trained, affectionate dragon, just looking for a new home. And Scratch will probably live with him for some time to come. That's it. Oh my God, it's It's beautiful, isn't it? Oh, it's so beautiful. Can you tell me when it was first published, does it say? It's 2020, I think. Oh, is it? Yeah, 2020. Which surprised me, but... I, thought I feel it was like older. it's older, yeah. But I adore these kind of just quiet, slow, 
mm-hmm. kind of poetic texts. And they do kind of feel older, I think, because there is such a tendency to kind of not do them so much now, I think. But they are possibly my favourite kind. feels like those sort are written for the nostalgia in the adult reading mm. them. Because at the point where it starts to fade or she starts to not notice, the adult chokes because they think, oh, my child is going to mm, reach that yeah. point where their imagination starts to fade. Yeah, and it just, it's basically childhood in this, it, the dragon mm. is childhood and his imagination. And yeah, it's, oh, I just love it. So wow. I'm really, I'm very grateful for Library Hunt this week because yeah. I found this and I, I'm going to buy myself a copy and treasure it. <laughs> well, David Dickinson would be really pleased. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, your challenge for Book Hunt. You can't call it Book Hunt. <laughs> Okay, so your challenge for Library Hunt next week is to find a book about something creative. So like a character mm-hmm. doing something creative. Okay, challenge accepted. Thanks, David Dickinson. There's only three ducklings, so what's happened to the others? There's been a murder! (laughs)